Hello there, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life, just a short one today on Monday the 24th of August, hopefully just a little short one. I wanted to do some reflections or have some reflections on the weekend's boxing, which I wasn't able to attend. Typically would do matchroom events as a presenter and or commentator, but Dillian White's defeat at the weekend and also the return of Isaac Chamberlain, uh, Dillian White being defeated by Povetkin, Alexander Povetkin in Brentwood, Essex, while Isaac Chamberlain, who's kind of a friend of mine, sort of burgeoning uh, friendship respect as a journalist anyway, who came back from nearly two years out of the ring to win against the undistinguished opponent uh, at the weekend, but still good news. I wanted to thank the podcast sponsors as ever, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham, get in touch with them through the social media, the website, all the phone numbers listed there for Jason Briggs and his stellar team. And uh, to cite a plan as well, I know... My daughter is preparing to go back to school in a couple of weeks here in the UK, and we are loading her up at the moment with kids immunovite from Cytoplan, not only uh, due to the coronavirus situation, and I know that the science is very much emphatic at the moment that this strain of coronavirus does not impact children negatively uh, by and large, but just generally heading back to school is going to be a a sort of front to the immune system, isn't it? I would imagine given that they've been pretty much in isolation, our kids, haven't they? Seeing cousins, friends, things like that, but not sort of 20 odd other children in the class. So we've been giving her kids immunovite, IMM, U-N-O-V-Y-T-E. There is an adult version at cytoplan.co.uk. And if you go there, uh, a company my father has helped design supplements for, works as a consultant, my dad being Dr. Mark Draper, general practitioner, and also nutritionist who's who's led nutrition courses. Uh, If you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, you can get a 10% discount with the code DRAPER10, all capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, then the numbers one. Zero. So just wanted to reflect at the weekend. Ultimately, Dillian White lost for the second time in his career to Alexander Povetkin. Not the second time in his career to Povetkin, but the second time overall. Uh, first defeat, of course, to Anthony Joshua back in 2015, British title level. Set off uh, a wonderful uh, path back from Dillian, who, who learned, rebuilt, emphasised his fitness, kind of got wholly professional. A guy that expected to be in prison at 21, former kickboxing champion, uh, but has returned to be for a thousand days or more. It's a cliched comment over the weekend on social media. The number one mandatory challenger in the WBC for a world title shot, which hasn't got. Now he will require a victory over Alexander Povetkin in the slated rematch, the contractually uh, stated rematch to get there. But Dillian, it was a funny old night, wasn't it, in Essex? Um, because for me, it was a pretty uh, masterful display up to the point in the fifth round where he had knocked Povetkin down twice in the fourth round, come out with a stiff piston-like jab. Uh, Gary Logan, a former British uh, fighter, um, was very impressed with that. Runs gyms in London, Gary. And he put on Twitter about how it became a world-class jab. Then he worked off that. Very tight, it seemed. Uh, got Povetkin down a couple of times in the fourth. Um, interestingly, Anthony Joshua, who was the analyst, longtime nemesis of Dillian White, and I think begrudgingly full of respect for him increasingly as, as Dillian White's story has, has wound on. But he was saying, you know, to Johnny Nelson, who's obviously been on the podcast recently, former cruiserweight world champion, part of Sky's an analyst team, and saying to Johnny, you know, has his, has his hunger gone? Has his, his killer instinct gone? That kind of rough rawness that, that Dillian White possessed that terrified people coming through. But maybe it was just, a, 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 in, a, in reality, trying to be more professional, disciplined, um, 
But then ultimately in the fifth, as Spencer Fearon, my longtime verbal sparring partner, I used to host the boxing podcast on Sky Sports, and he's been on the podcast recently, of course, previewing this fight, this podcast. He uh, said to me in a text message around midnight on Saturday, just that Dillian had lapsed in concentration, had come forward. And I know there's a, a bit of revisionism, maybe revisionism, or maybe people just didn't make it public beforehand, but Ben Davidson former trainer of Tyson Fury had said it wasn't a massive shot because Dillian has a tendency to lurch forward sometimes, leave himself exposed. He did so after throwing a shot. Uh, Alexander Povetkin sort of shifted to his left and drove an uppercut clean without any uh, interference from any guard or anything from Dillian White and, and just savagely uh, knocked him out, didn't he? Cold, Dillian. Um, fantastic shot by Povetkin, who, lest we forget, has only ever lost to Vladimir Klitschko and Anthony Joshua previously knocked down loads by Klitschko actually, but that went the distance. So he is resilient. He's proven that he's still got his punch resistance at almost 41. Uh, coming off a draw to Michael Hunter, which people say was con uh, contentious in Saudi Arabia, perhaps should have been a victory to the American Hunter. So he proved himself a little bit worthy and he may well get another shot at a world title. Former world champion in some form, I believe it was a WBA, uh, had, has had his name tarnished, of course, by uh, inadvertent, um, not inadvertent, but uh, kind of failed drugs tests, but it's very difficult to be morally absolutist in anything in life, but particularly in boxing, given the amount of champions and big figures who have failed drugs tests and set out set time out from the sport, including, of course, Dillian White. But I suppose what I wanted to say with Dillian was that I don't think the story is anyway diminished in terms of his inspirational aspects for people who watch on, who feel inspired by combat sports in the first place for me it's a, an inspiration of courage that people at any level any ability from white collar boxing up to the elite showed courage when that you know they get the knock on the dressing room door to walk into that ring to be judged to be uh on on your marks to have to go you know fight or flight you have to fight so that's there but just a backstory for dilly and the fact that he was effectively left by his mother in Jamaica at the age of two. And I don't know the intricate details. Someone was saying to me recently they thought he'd been brought up by his grandparents, but I'd heard that he'd moved around different homes. Um, and I just thought in the context of the modern world as well, where constantly there's a lot of psychoanalysts about analysis, and we all get drawn into it, don't we? Bemoaning things of our childhood, how it's impacted us, how it's hung around, what our mums and dads did do, didn't do. Just thought about that, that the fear, sheer resilience to come back, to move to London at 13, to Brixton, become a father in his early teens, uh, to be involved in, in gang crime, um, or gang violence at least, to have been kidnapped, um, stabbed. Horrible things happened, but to muster the kind of clarity of thought and to channel what's obviously a natural talent to a certain extent, but to develop it in combat sports to the point where he's a millionaire now, training in Portugal, has a residence in Portugal. Um, money's not the be-all and end-all, but he's used it as a vehicle to, to better himself and his family as well. And I felt that as an inspiration because to come from that position of being effectively feeling that dearth of love, I guess, is what you would necessarily do. And, and, and I know from speaking to Johnny Nelson talks about this as well, that his family had a similar pattern where his mother come to England first with, with his older brother still back in the Caribbean and then come over. So I think it's not completely unique maybe to, to white British person, predominantly middle class. It seems very strange. Um, but to come back from that, that resilience and determination, that self-resolve, self-respect, to work his way up to, to being a high-level contender in such a tough, grueling sport, I think remains inspirational and of course this is a setback but I'm sure he'll come back from it and adapt and learn which is what he proved with the Anthony Joshua defeat back in 2015 where actually rattled Joshua and uh, ultimately ran out of steam and got stopped by Joshua in the seventh round I believe of that fight uh, for British domestic honours at that time but he's been on a running at winning streak ever since Dillian White um, 
and I certainly think the story holds up regardless really of uh, of what else um, comes from now on and I'm sure he will come back in but it's still a it's just a story of perseverance and ability to build oneself up in the context of a challenging environment I think that's important because we do have a sense of sometimes um, in life now of blaming the environment in the past for our shortcomings and almost giving up and, and it, not saying we don't have to work through those issues but I think clearly Dillian has has found a way to to come out of a sort of a adverse situation and through the streets of South London now becoming a sort of internationally renowned challenger and a man who's very candid and honest about where he's come from as well um, I think it remains an inspirational story let me know what you think maybe there's technical things to iron out with that lurching forward after a shot potentially Again, very difficult with momentum of a man who's 250 pounds, 18 stone, coming forward after throwing a punch, isn't it? But the biomechanics of that are challenging. Um, and he's shown a kind of capacity and an inclination to learn, adapt to, to failure before. So I'm sure he will. And that for all of us is a is um, something to take away from sport as well, combat sport or any sport where people recover from defeat, adapt, adjust, come back like Roger Federer had that renaissance, didn't he, in his mid-30s, which was incredible, really. As a tennis player, I learned to, to change his way of playing to compete with the athleticism and relentlessness of, of uh, Rafa Nadal and Novak Djokovic in that period. Um, so that was my thoughts on Dillian Wyatt. wanted to wish him all the best, of course, and in his recovery, be watching that attentively. There was um, a return in Redditch. This was in Essex, of course, to Isaac Chamberlain and Brixton fighter, similar part of the world, some part of London to Dillian White had come through adverse situations, been on the podcast a couple of times, actually, Isaac, I visited him in South London, did a podcast with him last year and then had him on the phone during lockdown and kind of felt anguished and been in a dark place because he hasn't boxed in nearly two years. He's gone through different promoters, um, adversity, had that big defeat to Lawrence Okoli, his sort of uh, arch rival at cruiser level in 2002 on uh, February the 3rd, just looking at it now, yep, 2018, and hadn't fought since his return fight from that fight against Lawrence, uh, against Luke Watkins in October 2018, nearly two years. But he came back came up back and, you know, wasn't, was limited opposition, a guy called Anthony Woolery, who was diminutive, labelled cruiserweight. The fight ended up being a heavyweight. I think Isaac was four pounds over the cruiserweight limit, something like 14 stone eight. So approaching um, not far off 200 pounds, I suppose, in in uh, imperial money, in the, in the kind of American parlance of your American boxing fan. But Woolery was uh, given away probably five inches or so in height, it looked like. And I was flicking between the channels because it was obviously on uh, terrestrial TV on Channel 5. The Chamberlain card in Redditch, which saw Shakan Pitters win the or retain the British light heavyweight title. He was the British champion, but then it was uh, an open uh, title, a vacant title it had become. Um, but Isaac Chamberlain got the victory in the end. And good to see him back. And he's been through attrition. And he's a very thoughtful guy. I know Don McRae, who writes for The Guardian, fabled boxing writer now, South African chap. He's written about Isaac a lot, causing the most interesting boxer in Britain the best story and it's good to see him back a thoughtful man sometimes you wonder if, if thought and analysis and overthinking. and i know sometimes i suffer from it you may <laughs> if you're not surprised to hear that um that maybe that can it can challenge you in such a primal sport like boxing that when it needs to be sort of slightly instinctive and, and, and not too much room for analysis or doubt in the middle of the middle of a the contest in the middle of the the lion's den in that ring um but certainly good to to see him back and i'm sure he's a, the kind of guy who showed sort of academic capacity at school so he can he can transition as Dillian White has done actually to being a businessman I mean I wonder whether that was part of the issue for Dillian as well he had other fighters on the undercard um Congo won the welterweight um fight against Luther Clay uh Congo's first name's Eric I believe I'd have to check that um 
but uh, he was on the undercard. Big Alan Savic, this uh, Croatian uh, cruiserweight, oh, heavyweight as well, uh, won on the undercard as uh, in a sort of <laughs> pretty destructive performance against Shondell Terrell Winters. So Dillian had people. He's got Fabio Wardley as well, the up-and-coming heavyweight from East Anglia. So he's got a lot of people and a lot of things in, in his mind. And I just wondered um, whether it was uh, a sense of being... Um, Maybe, I know he's watching the, the Conga fight as well, whether there was any sense of distraction in that. Just looking up Conga now to check uh, his Christian name, his first name. Um, actually can't see that now, but we'll, uh, I'll get to that and, and clarify it. But he won over Luther Clay, epic uh, match on the night. Chris Congo is uh, his name. Yeah, yeah, it is tall, welterweight, six feet tall from Bermondsey. Uh, so he got the victory. And um, the sort of Dillian pictures of him on Sky Sports, watching that actually in the in the sort of uh, small changing rooms there at the Matchroom Square Garden, little the kind of uh, arena they set up. And I just wonder whether that's an energy drain as well, and possibly something that you know something all-consuming like boxing. Whether that business side of it is distracting. I know Anthony Fowler was on the podcast, wasn't he? The super welterweight uh, domestic contender, possibly got bright future beyond that. Who beat you know, a kind of buddy of mine, Adam Harper, recently. But Anthony spoke to us, spoke to me on the, the podcast and was just saying that um, he's got plenty of time in the day. So he runs a CBD oil business outside of it and does property and things like that. But I do wonder sometimes it's not just the time and energy. It's the sort of mental capacity of thinking about the things that Dillian White managing those fights. But it's a great entrepreneurial um, development for, for Dillian, I think, as you, as you look to evolve past that career stage. Because one of the things in the podcast always been fascinating to me is the sense of um, short-termism of, of an athletic career, you know, often retiring man or woman in your 30s, potentially some female footballers I know can go a little bit later. You see some female footballers in their early 40s. We saw Pavetkin at the weekend in boxing in his early 40s now, turns 41 on September the 2nd. But I still think that you know there's a, there's a relative to the rest of your life there's a long time to come. So it's good to people to set themselves up, particularly in that segue from uh, the sort of participant part of boxing to being a manager makes sense in terms of knowing it and um, having kind of viscerally known that the sport from the side of the, the box gives you great empathy. So managing people like Chris Congo, um, Babich as well, um, and Fabio Wardley. And I'm not sure who else is part of Dillian Stable at the moment, but clearly that's a kind of progressive future step. But again, it's, it's managing your energy in life, isn't it, as well? Not taking too much kind of discipline and developing and getting better, but just having those, those things that you can focus on. And Povetkin, um, yeah, fascinating character, the way he's adapted and adjusted. Um, obviously hope there's nothing untoward that comes out of it in terms of analysis hasn't presumably been fully tested in, in the build-up and we wait to see where, where Povetkin goes if this rematch happens with Dillian be fascinated to see if he can overcome it like Anthony Joshua did against Andy Ruiz Jr and we'd like to see Dillian have that trilogy match against Joshua they fought in the amateurs um, and uh, Joshua avenged his, his amateur loss to Dillian didn't he an emphatic style in the professional ring but it'd be great to see that that come again Um and also just wanted to uh, say congratulations to Shaq Ampitz for that victory. He's a fascinating light heavyweight, isn't he? Which is 12 and a half stone, 175 pounds. Don't know the kilograms, but he's six feet, six inches tall. Really lanky, languid star boxer from Birmingham. And under the uh, tutelage of John Pegg, who's behind boxers from the, the West Midlands, like Sam Eggington, most notably of late. Um, and uh, John Pegg has been on the shows in Essex as well for Matchroom as a trainer during the course of uh, lockdown, the pandemic boxing events there without crowds. But Chad Sugden from Nottingham looked good late on against uh, 
against Pitters, who managed to get close to him, but giving away so much height and reach, that was uh, the, the key was to try and get close and couldn't quite do it. So interesting to see where Shaqan Pitters goes in a fascinating um, division in Britain and the UK, globally, of course, with the likes of uh, Bivol and uh, Artur Baturbiev, people like that, Sergo Kovlev, I'm not sure if he's retired yet, following the wake of his defeat to Canelo, who doesn't seem to be staying around at light heavy, he's going to drop back down the Mexican um, the illustrious Mexican, I should say. Uh, but it's uh, fascinating to see where, where Pitters go. Can he contend with people like Anthony Yard, Callum Johnson domestically? And, of course, Joshua Boazzi, who's been on the podcast, and I've worked with him on a matchroom show, actually. As a, as a, he was the um, analyst, and we're doing a sort of uh, TV show for the World Feed covering an event last year, and he was uh, very much on point as a co-host and bright guy, but severely talented and ruthless guy. So maybe Boazzi's the best of that bunch, but waits to be seen. It's going to be fascinating. And, and Pitters with that reach, kind of like Hearns-like stature in terms of um, his height. You'd expect him to be a heavyweight when you're at 6'6", the same height as Anthony Joshua, just shorter than Dilly, um, Deontay Wilder, uh, not far off Tyson Fury. So fascinating that he's at light heavy um, and see where he goes. So yeah, that's it, guys. Let me know what you think about the boxing over the weekend. Hope it hasn't been too rambling this. If it's useful, if you value it, again, let me know. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter. Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. Just wanted to sort of mark that for the weekend. Just kind of why I started a podcast in terms of speaking to people for lessons from life, the analogy of sport and life. Um, and reading actually Matthew Syed's book, The Greatest, which is actually a compilation of his Times articles over the weekend. And one of those, those lessons within there was the, the ability to recover from failure and adjust and he cites I believe Michael Jordan among other athletes saying that you know um, failure is the way to victory effectively you have to fail all the time so you get to, to victory but you have to learn and adjust from it and I think Dillian White will and I think regardless as I say the story is inspirational to come from that childhood adversity to rise to have the confidence and the self-respect to, to champion yourself and to power through um, in such a such competitive combative ruthless sport is inspiration for all of us who've had our, our trials and tribulations growing up and, and in, in adult life to recover and to, to come again. Um, but let me know if you think, if you enjoy it, uh, do we appreciate any feedback, the podcast as well, Sport and Life on iTunes and wherever else you can rate it, comment, that'd be fantastic too. And you can email me ed at eddraper.co.uk. Remember, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations find sponsors of the podcast appreciate their support as i do cytoplan.co.uk the association with the supplement company food-based supplements which are digested as your food would be and thus uh, a lot of the good stuff the selenium zinc whatever you're taking can uh, go into your system as it would do with food rather than um, maybe more of a, a sort of man-made substance. Uh, but let me know your thoughts and uh, hope you all hope you enjoy the week. Went to Ogmore Beach in South Wales yesterday, got there in shorts and T-shirt, and there's a gale wind blowing, 15 degrees Celsius, about 59 degrees Fahrenheit, very chilly. Luckily, my wife had brought winter coats and stuff, so we managed to warm up, had a paddle. But it was a good day out, so we're trying to do that. Well, we would have been on holiday in abroad this week, so I'm not doing too many interviews and stuff, just trying to have a break, as I would have been had we gone abroad as the plans but thought I'd just do a, a few thoughts on the boxing. Hope you're enjoying your, your week, particularly if you're a parent uh, gearing up for, for return to school. Enjoy the final few days with your, your young ones, your loved ones, your kids. And um, yeah, make the most of this blustery, tempestuous weather in the, in the UK. Okay, guys, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.